Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another episode of uh, Movie Maniacs. That's right, I'm Mike Rags. Chuck Curry with us as well as we're heading into Easter weekend. Can you believe it? The first weekend of april is straight ahead of us and uh we've got a lot to talk about including um quentin tarantino who's celebrating a birthday this weekend chuck and i are going to run through his career we're both fans um although both of us might agree that he might be a tad bit overrated at times uh but he has done some great stuff uh chuck and i will discuss that later on plus uh, I have a chance to watch a couple of the chapters of the DC Comics, uh, Zack Snyder, um, w- w- whatever you want to call that. Oh, Justice League. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it and I'll, I'll comment on that. We've got a lot to do. Uh, Chuck Curry. Chuck, how you doing? How much have you rewatched the uh, Justice League? Uh, I watched it while? another time. In my, yeah. in, my, uh, in my ice cream parlor, I put it on the 4K. Okay. Uh, has it changed in your view at all? No, I mean, I, th- I think it's a really interesting watch. Uh, right, I've gotten I, halfway through. I've watched three chapters. Yeah. Chapters. Oh, okay. Um, um, and I got to be honest with you, either the first one did not leave a much of an impression on me, but it seems like an like I don't remember anything from the first Justice League at all that I'm halfway through. And, and it and it's uh, it, it's intriguing to me. I'm watching it. I like it. But at the same time, I'm thinking. How good was the first one if I can't remember anything of it that happened? I don't even remember any of the storyline of the original Justice. Well, the, 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 when the, the theatrical cut released by Josh Whedon, it feels, you know, it, it feels like a, an ultra condensed version of the script. Right. And it's it's like I said last week, the fascinating thing here is how much cut, how much footage of Zack Snyder's was left on the cutting room floor and would have been discarded. And it's a lot of it is really good character development and also action oriented sequences. I would agree with you that are stunning that it was left on the cutting room floor to be just like, ah, we, we, we don't need that stuff, including early on with the, the whole terrorist scene with uh, Wonder Woman. Well, that is in the that that scene. I don't remember that. No, at it, all. It, no that scene is in Whedon's version, except it's much condensed. This is much more expansive, much well, more expand, much admit, longer, much longer. I don't I have to admit, I don't remember that at all. And that might just be a shame on me. I don't remember. But all of it seems new to me, Chuck. The whole and, Superman stuff in this movie is almost all new. I haven't gotten Snyder's to it right. yet. Snyder's, I have not. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, I'm and, and movies only get, get, it only gets better when the Superman plot line enters the enters the story. OK, you'll see. Okay, uh, but it does feel like four hours and two minutes. I have to be honest, like I said last week when I talked about it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a movie as much as a a, a mini. It's like a mini mini series. It it feels like it too, Chuck. It's like it, it shows you the power of the studios at this time. And don't get me wrong. I understand Zack Snyder was going through a lot of stuff, but he's got all this stuff already shot. Why not just wait and say, you know what? Let's let's. Let him sort his mind. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why. Because the 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 suits, as they call them, at Warner Brothers, obviously watched Avengers Endgame, right? And they said, you know what? It's got some laughs. It's got laughs. It's it. it, You know, the kids will like it. Um, It has a a more fun tone. You know, we got this darker footage from Snyder that's going to have a cultish fan base, 
and we want to make a billion dollars plus or more, maybe almost two billion worldwide. And we can't do it with this version. Right. So they said, ah, you know, he's got some issues. Let's bring in Whedon, who did the Avengers, which is an awesome mainstream popcorn movie. The first Avengers movie. Right. Pretty awesome movie. And uh, he, he, he couldn't he couldn't do what he did with the event with Avengers with nope. Justice League. No. I think because I think I, I think the which I talked about and we talked about this ad nauseum. The harder part, see, the MC, the the MCU with Iron Man and and Captain America and Thor and Hulk and Black and all those characters they all mesh well because they're not ultra dark characters. When you take Batman, when you take let's just say when you take Michael Keaton's Batman or Christian Bale's Batman, and you say okay, let's take that Batman. And put it into a dark, into a universe with Superman and Wonder Woman. I can, first of all, I can never see Christian Bale's Batman in a Justice League movie. Never. I can't see it. So what they do with Affleck, it's it's a it's a it's a Batman in a little bit of a different universe. You have to accept the fact he's in the world with all these different characters. Well, it's a harder thing to pull. It is harder to pull off when you intertwine Batman with the rest of those characters. It's can I hard. also can I also say too yeah. that they were also behind? They were also in the conundrum of killing Superman off, and you know once you get into that area, I think you're already behind the the eight ball here too, Chuck. I think they were in the midst of a storyline where we've got we've got to decide whether we want to continue with this series with superman dead and then bringing him back well to that's me, in the comic but i said major i understand that point. but yeah. i don't know if i necessarily want to see that on the big screen i don't think we're at that point yet in no, uh, the dc comic series oh, where we need to see superman oh, I, dead already listen that's the problem with dc is that instead of doing man of steel one two and three and a couple wonder womans and that's a couple I mean. aquamans we're, yeah they just what? said okay let's do a let's do a let's do a uh Let's do a man, man of steel. And then you, you go right into you go into Batman versus Superman, which obviously could have waited a few films. And then you go into Justice League where Wonder Woman has never had a, a solo film first. Right. right? Uh, uh, Aquaman hasn't had a solo film. Flash didn't cyber. And so it is it is all the pathos it, seems rushed. You, it you, all you, seems it rushed. is. Well, it, it is. It's, a, it's just factual. It, it is. But the thing about Snyder's Justice League. It gives the Flash and Cyborg like a mini movie in there yeah. in that film. It does. Yeah. yeah, I'm not there to that point yet, but I, I, it I can fleshes see the them out. Heading, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, but again, um, to me, it's like I, I understand. Like my question was, like, why didn't you just wait a little bit? Let Zach go through his stuff. He's obviously got a vision that we need to see, but we're gonna see it now, three years after the fact. You know what? Also interesting to me, Chuck as we head into some movie news and, and new releases this week is, you know, you got some move, movie uh, getting movies, getting released and getting pushed. We'll talk about that with black widow getting pushed again. I also find it interesting though, that universal decided, you know what? Nobody is going to be only in theaters and this movie. I mean, for what it's worth, I love Bob Odenkirk. I think it's very interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting movie to watch. This is not your necessarily movie. Like we're not this and the courier a couple of weeks ago. Why are these releasing these movies only in theaters? You can't even VOD uh, these things at all. It's kind of interesting that Universal's doing that with nobody. Um, it's a, they can't it's a make different too much. No. I know 99% of AMCs are open right now, but, but what, it can't make uh, too much money. I, I think what Universal is at least doing, it's sort of honoring 
an old alliance with movie theaters and not playing the game that Warner Brothers has played and that Disney's playing. Although there was a breaking story this week, which I did find encouraging. Warner Brothers signed a deal that in 2022, they will release their movies in theaters only for the first 45 days. And in 45 days, then they got the right to stream. So I think that's fair. I think yeah, I do. I, I, I do because it used to be 90. But the thing is here, um, after 45 days, let's be honest, now in this generation, most people, they, they, if they're going to watch it in the theater, they, they went. It would have gone already. And I would think after 45 and days. those movies are on, they're on, they're on gas fumes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue some of the multiplexes need some of these films to hang around on, you know, screen 12, 13, and 14. You know, but who cares? Yeah. And I would think uh, they'll uh, figure think, it out. They'll figure I would it think out after 45 days, too. That's a close enough demand where if you waited, I'll buy it. Now, the 45 days is quick. I'll turn around and I'll I'll turn around and buy Black Widow instead of waiting for that long. But just the uh, the fact that a movie like nobody that you can't stream at this point in time, I thought that was kind of exceptional. And of course, the biggest news this week, I, I must admit, I am intrigued to see this movie. Nobody. I am, too. I it, want it to does see intrigue it. me. Yeah. Because I'm a sucker for that plot line. I agree. And I like Bob Odenkirk a lot. Yeah, I do, um, too. And it's getting some good uh, some good reviews to say it's pretty. If you like that genre, it's pretty good. I think the biggest surprise of the week was and a lot of people were like eyebrow raising was the fact that Black Widow did move. It'll go to the middle of uh, summer, uh, not quite summer, but it'll move to July 9th. Um, so thoughts on this? Yeah, no, no. But 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 they, but they but also it's Disney announced that like H, uh, like Warner Brothers, it's going to be Stream in theaters, too. in theaters and streaming premium twenty nine ninety nine. I don't know if we touched on this last week, but I got to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm not paying thirty. No, I'm, I'm not paying. I'm not paying twenty nine ninety nine for a movie. And, I'll go to the theater. And, and I, I don't saw, know why. I saw one of the social media reactions. Most people say I'm going to the theater. Yeah. And I think by July, too, a lot of a state of mind is going to be a little bit different. Where It is going to be. It has to be. And and I don't know why Disney didn't learn, because from what I've heard and everything I've read, this movie Maya, whatever the hell that came out a couple of weeks ago, right. tanked. There yep. wasn't a lot of people that bought the $30 on Disney Plus, so they didn't learn from their. But I got I to gotta tell you, Mike, I am definitely uh, I, I want to check nobody out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a definitely one of those movies where I don't know how it would have played if normal circumstances. I don't know. Um, I, I hope it's as good as I am wrath with John Travolta. No, <laughs> well, I actually like that one. I actually would like that one. Start. Yeah. Are you um, surprised they didn't sequelize Death Wish with Bruce Willis? Try to make that into a franchise, but wasn't good enough. That was not, all right. I guess, I guess not. I, I, I just think in terms of Death Wish, it just feels, um, I don't know. It, it, it may not be the right time period for that well, material. The biggest movie of the, of the the biggest news of the weekend of the week, uh, Chuck, was the fact that Black Widow got moved from its April release date to uh, later on in the summer. And I, I got to be honest with you. A lot of people were were outraged by this and they thought that this is not going to be good for theaters. But I, to me, it's let's just make sure when we open up all theaters and we release all these big movies, let's make sure everybody's vaccinated and everybody's safe. And I think that's what they're doing here um, from an April release to a June release. I mean, I just think that's smart business. I wouldn't get too hung up on the fact that, oh, my God. Uh, AMC and Regal, they're going to really be hurting now for the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, I do believe, as I stated many times over the last few months, 
things will go back to normal. I mean, the studios are seizing an opportunity to experiment with a formula and a model that they probably didn't have the, uh, the spine to do before COVID. I mean, they probably wanted to do it, but they said, hey, here's our opportunity as an opening. Uh, what, what's the theaters going to say? People ain't going to theaters. So we want to, you know, we want Kong, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Next and Wonder Woman 84 yep. and now Disney with Black Widow. We we want to get we want to see what happens. We don't know. We don't know. We want to see if we can build a streaming base stronger and stronger. Here's another thing I read. And, and, and you know, give an example like Justice League. Right. You know, a lot of people bought HBO Max. You know, that's a fact to watch that. Yep. The question is, will they stick? Meaning, will they pay HBO Max every month, every month? A lot won't. That's the way. Although, if you look at HBO Max's library, I is pretty damn good. Yeah, um, and they keep releasing new stuff that's pretty good too. The Allen versus Pharaoh, and there's good new stuff that comes out. But the question week. here's a, here's another question: Do they have the coffers, the bank? Do they have the money, the massive money, to say, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, Justice League with Zack Snyder is something we didn't really want to pursue, pursue, but can we do our theatrical stuff in in one um in in one universe and then let snyder do his thing on hbo max can you build an hbo max Zack snyder could you do you know ben affleck's going to do something with him as batman on hbo max so can you can you just have these some of these characters do hbo max stuff i mean if the money's there you could pay the talent well right yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you if you look at what what Disney's doing, and I started watching the uh, the new uh, Marvel move uh, series on Disney as well. The uh, was it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, I, yeah, it's good. It's very good. It's highly entertaining. So yeah, you could see that kind of offspring happen. Um, but the real date to look at now, Chuck, is Memorial Day weekend. You'll have Cruella, I, yeah. which comes out on theaters and Disney Plus against uh-huh. Quiet Place. Part two, which is just theaters. So um, it's going to be an interesting weekend, to say the least, if nothing moves. Um, but we should have a normal, quote unquote, summer movie series a season uh, once that kicks off. Now, um, I don't know if Disney and Cruella will be $30 like their, their Maya, whatever movie was. But I'm sure uh, you're going to have to pay for Disney to see Cruella. At some point in time, I would think it's going to be thirty dollars. I think it's going to be thirty dollars over this. So the, the animated, the animated one of it's a Pixar film. That one's going to be just straight Disney Plus, no, uh, no premium. At, well, we'll see what happens here now with Memorial Day weekend, but it's definitely a, a new era in going to the movies. You know, and- I was just before you spoke, an idea popped in my head, and I said to myself when you mentioned Disney Plus and uh, Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, you know. There was a time when, like, give you an example, when Smallville was on the CW, like, you know, because they couldn't infringe on Superman where he, he could fly. You, you, and I like that series, and I like Tom Welling as Clark Kent Superman, but you have to watch the whole series. In the last episode, you know, he dons, he, I think he dons, like, the, the front half of the Superman outfit, but you, you never saw him fly. He couldn't fly. It was because it's TV. It was, okay, you know, we can't do this on TV. You got to pay to, that's a theatrical Superman flies. Right. Um, so yeah. we've come a long, I mean, we've come a long, long way, uh, in the have you watched the, have you watched the, now. have you watched the new series yet with, uh, I, I seen a little of the pilot. It, I, 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 I liked it. 
Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't even know what network it's on, what time it's on, and when I could see it. I, I have it no idea. Superman's married. He's got two kids. Got yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just, he's huh? just like, you know, he's paying taxes. I mean, it's like, a, who wants to see this crap? Uh, anyway, by the way, Shazam, I did see movie news that uh, Fury of the Gods adds Harold Marin to the, uh, she's going to be the villain. Yeah. In the next uh, 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 Shazam movie. What do you think of Shazam? I like Shazam. I actually I, li- I, I like it. I liked it a lot, name. actually. I, I I wasn't blown away by it though. I actually thought it was finally a DC Comics uh, yeah. property that was um, actually having fun with their property, and that's why I liked it. You know, they're ready to start filming Black Adam, right? Now, Black yeah. Adam in the comic was a was a villain, but then they tweaked him into like an antihero, and he's got to reclaim or prove. That he's really not bad, uh, and, and Dwayne Johnson's going to play back Black Adam in a movie, wow. and Chris Bronson signed on to play a character in, in, in that film, a good guy, and uh, straight out of the comic, and uh, he he ultimately does battle with Shazam. So I, that's going to that would be weird if, if if the hero Shazam does battle with Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. Um, here's, here's another question: Is this is this genre ever going to wear out its welcome? Yeah, it will. When? It just I don't know, but it will. It will. It just like every other genre that ever happened, it will. Um, especially if they're going to keep releasing these movies on a breakneck pace that they have been doing. Uh, you have to figure that it's going to happen. I don't know when, though. You're right. I, I think you when. got another decade at least, though. Here's an interesting one, Chuck. Peter yeah. Rabbit 2. Let me yeah, ask you. Care. Let me ask I you. A I know you don't care. Yeah. But this movie's been moved. Uh-huh. From its original release date, how many times do you think this movie's been released, re, uh, uh, moved from its original release date? Three? No. How many? Seven times wow. since its original uh, <laughs> release date. This movie's been moved, and now obviously Peter Rabbit, the original with uh, uh, the 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 ever appealing um, uh, the, the Rose Byrne. And, and and you got uh, what's his name as as Peter Rabbit in this movie too as well uh, mm-hmm. uh, James Corden. So this movie's been moved seven times already now, and it's going to finally get released opposite of Mission Impossible Seven on May fourteenth coming up, Chuck. So um, it just goes to show you the times we're living in, and these movie studios trying to figure out. What's the right spot? Where can I put it? Where can I finally? Well, because they know because Godzilla vs Kong, which hits uh, theaters and HBO Max Wednesday. on Wednesday, right? Yeah. It's made big money. It's made like a almost a hundred million dollars in its first week overseas. It did like fifty million in one day in China. I think one day. So they they know if a movie hits theatrically, streaming can't counter it, right? And if you read every person who covers the industry in a very serious manner doing an analysis of the streaming model versus theatrical. I'm telling you, right, and I, I have confidence that these people know what they're talking about. There's not a comparison. But I got a couple things I want to point out. Uh, according to reports, there's some Oscar backlash among members who do not like the fact that the Oscar uh, 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 people in charge instituted no Zoom. So if you win an Oscar, you can't give an acceptance speech via Zoom. You got to be at the ceremony, however they do it. And a lot of international uh, members who have a chance to win us don't like that. I have a feeling they're going to buckle. No. Yes. This. What is are they? What are they going to do? You can't. You can't. You can't. You have to fly from uh, yeah. New Zealand. 
I'm just come on, people. I mean, these and it's people... not going to be a single host. They're going to pick a slew of different people, high profile people to present awards. Let's be honest, Mike. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to kick when 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 people are down in the industry. But the general public's going to have zero interest in this telecast. They, I agree. Not, they, they are not going to care one iota, and it's not going to be watched. I, I, there's I no. Saw... There's going to be no buzz, no excitement. This is it, it. Just is not. It just, It feels. Skip it. Just it feels wrong. It. Just skip it. I I saw I saw a commercial today. Yeah. For the SAG Awards on uh, TBS. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, how did they even do that? Skip it. Nobody cares. It's not right. That five hundred thousand people are dead. We don't need to see if Chadwick Boz. Uh, nobody needs to see if he needs a, wins a SAG. Nobody. I, I God rest his soul. But it just skip it. It's not necessary. It's not essential. Just move on. Wait till 2022 and do it like you normally would. Just skip it. If you want to have a one-hour special presentation, you don't need this whole. Who's I listen. Host. I understand. I understand financially and what these awards mean to people. And you know, it, it is an ego thing. There's narcissism. Whatever it is, I understand it all. But if somehow we get, we, there's so much light now at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, we both know once we're in 2022, we're home free. Just go to wait till that. It's like it's like listen to me here. It's like Eric Shays Robin said in the Poseidon Adventure. Just one more door. No, no, no. Uh, you know when Scott when 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 uh when Scott said just one more door and we're home. Oh no, who said that? Was it Manny? Was it no? I I think it was. I, I forgot who said that. And then Robin says. Mr. Scott, the hot steam is blocking our escape. I hope we don't. I hope that doesn't happen in the beginning of 2022. Well, it took a long way to get. No, that was Rogo. Actually, Rogo said one more door and we're home. And then Robin says, Mr. Scott, the hot steam is blocking our escape. And And then then, he goes into the tirade, which is uh, he does that and saves. Yeah, (laughs) you understand my but you understand my point, though. I do. And I will say this for you. Yeah, and then the next day, Wilbur yeah. gets on yeah. the boat and tries we're to find a treasure. Now we're going beyond. <laughs> <laughs> we got there, but it took right. a while. But we got all there. right. All right. Uh, well, it. we'll see what happens. But I honestly, yeah. Any, but even watching like the Grammys, the Emmys, all that stuff, not just the Oscars. Skip this year. We don't need it. Just hold on. I know you've got. I know you got ratings dollars to worry about, but. All that stuff just seemed way tone deaf, just way tone deaf. I, we don't need it. I don't care. Do you ever think we're going to get to a point? And I think maybe we're going to get to that point where, you know, in, in your mind's eye, think about the day when Jack Nicholson sat in, in the, the front, front row, row and yeah, Billy yeah. Crystal came out yeah. and Al Pacino and De Niro and and Julia Warren Roberts, Beatty, everybody. And back Beatty, in the front, yeah. And, you know, Sally, you know, Sally Field and. It, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels almost like they're trying to fit a, 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 a square pig in a round hole. But Chuck, I think it's going to be a t- fit as years go on in a greater picture than that. And we're talking about yeah. award ceremonies and stuff. But in, in yeah. reality of how we watch movies now, those days are way like when we go to movies now, we don't go to a movie now to see a Jack Nicholson movie. We don't go to a no, movie. No, it's all now. concept. It's all it, concept. It, there's no I don't go to a movie to see a Ben Affleck movie. That but Mike, make... think think about this. In ninety and we talked about this so many times because we both have amazing memories. 
1993, Jurassic Park opens. We're driving from Strasburg, Pennsylvania in your car, your Miata. Was it Miata, your Miata? Yeah, my Miata. Right? We're right. driving there. We're listening that. to the soundtrack of Jurassic Park. That's right. We pull into the hotel. We booked the, 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 the Hilton on 57th and, uh, or 54th. And, and we go into the Ziegfeld and there's a long line. And that buzz and it was, and we're watching the movie and people are roaring with applause and we leave the theater and there's so much buzz and we go back to see it at midnight. Mike, I, I don't, I don't think we'll ever experience that again in our lifetime. I, I That's hope over, man. I hope you're wrong. I think I'm think, right though. He's saying right. it, but yeah. I do. There's just I too hope. many, there's too many screens and now too many avenues. And let's be honest, 45 days, there's going to be certain segments. They're going to say, I can wait 45 days. They will wait. No, I will. I will say uh, you're right. And I, they I'm, will. I'm, I'm, Sir, I'm sure not everybody. People, I mean, 20 percent will wait, though. I'm sure you're right. And I'm sure most people are not like me, like Kong versus Godzilla. I will go to the theaters to see that. I yeah. will. I'm going to go see that next weekend in the theaters. But I won't. I will be alone. There won't be a lot of people. They'll just wait. They'll just or they'll and, watch and, 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 like a movie like The Way Back, which we both love. Right. Yeah. With ben Affleck. People, let's be honest, even me and you might say, you know what? I could wait 45 days, right? It, it's, sad it's, but true. it's sad but true. All yeah. right. You have any other movie news? Do we talk about George Siegel? No, I was going to get to that before we got to the Fast Five. There's a couple of uh, deaths that happened this weekend. Yeah. And ironically, I think George Siegel was part of uh, Fast Five a couple weeks ago. But Jessica Walter and George Siegel passed away this past week. They actually starred in a TV series on TV Land a few years ago together called 35 and retired uh, George Siegel and Jessica Walter. And they both passed away, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up both of them. Look, I got to be honest with you, Chuck. And we've talked about this a number of times. Roller coaster is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I rewatched it the other day, just in honor of George Siegel. And I'm thinking to myself while I'm watching this movie, and I don't know the last time you've watched the movie. I'm Man, thinking wow. to myself, much like you do when you watch Poseidon Adventure and you love it so much. Why does this movie connect with me so much that I need to okay, watch okay. it every year? Okay, like like uh, Paul Newman said to Steve McQueen at the end of the Town Inferno, okay, I'm asking. Right. So I'm asking you, Chuck. Yeah. What is it about Roller Coaster that I keep watching? I watch it every 4th of July weekend. I'm going to tell you, most likely, it has something to do with a memory in your childhood. It, yeah, you know what? And, that, and a that, lot that, of the- that, that, it was a, it was at it was at a time because of a side of It was at a time I was very young, and I mean, it's, and I was but, seven my memory, when the roller coaster came out. But so, the thing yeah, about my young. the thing about my mind is I, I have a photographic memory for a lot of different movies that I've seen in theaters and who I went with, what 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 the time period was in my life. So. I always remember seeing the Beside Adventure, the Avalon movie theater in a balcony. For people who don't know what a balcony is, theaters had two decks. You sat above the main theater in what's called a balcony, like a Broadway balcony, right? right? So I watched it with my mother, father, two brothers in the balcony at the Avalon. And seeing that movie in the Christmas tree, in the, bal- in the ballroom, upside down, it, it, just, it, it had a fascination I cannot explain. And it just has stayed with me for my, enti- my entire life. And I just love Gene Hackman's Reverend Scott. I, I find that character very, um, very, very motivational for me and his and, outlook. And so and, there's something in, in that movie you have to find. That and, you have. And, and ironically, it might be uh, George Siegel's Harry Calder yeah. to me at six when I saw this movie in theaters. 
and sense around. I do remember the every ever ever essence of sense around. And there's a disclaimer that comes up before the movie. Hey, uh, just so you know, sense around had part of the a lot to do with this, Chuck. That and I remember with Roller Coaster and George Siegel, the only movie I've ever closed my eyes in and I didn't want to see what happened was at the end of this movie when Timothy Bottom, Bottoms get, well, spoiler alert, gets hurt, gets hit with a roller coaster. So this movie has lasted, I mean, 40 years of my life. You remember the sense around in the movie? Do you I remember do. Like, and it, it's really weird. 40 years of my life. And a lot of it, like, I don't remember. Uh, I mean, Midway was Battlestar Galactica, Earthquake, all this stuff. But to me, yeah. Roller Coaster out of all those four films yeah. has stayed with me more than anything else. And when George Siegel died this week, I really yeah. got shaken up because I started watching Goldberg's again. I love Goldberg's. It's a great TV series. This guy was a great actor, Chuck. And it felt like I knew George Siegel. And that's what upset me the most. I felt like he was on screen in all of his parts. I always liked him. He was um, really likable. Very, uh, it felt very um, like you could relate to him. Very relatable as a and talent. He, on and screen. he did a really good job with Roller Coaster. Look, I don't want to talk about Roller Coaster for uh, hours upon hours on this show. Yeah. But if you've never seen it, it it's a really effective. And it's a good looking Blu-ray, right? It's a good looking Blu-ray. It's an effective DVD for uh, for disaster movies. But, you know, you asked the director and you asked George Siegel, these movies, this was not a disaster movie, although it was packaged as one by Universal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very good. And Jessica Walter, look, uh, I loved her on uh, uh, Arrested Development. I thought she was fantastic. Go way back. Play Misty for me. Yes. Good movie. I mean, holy crap. She's a great villain in that movie, Chuck. Yeah, I know. And she's done some a lot of great work. So it'd be remiss if we didn't bring her up. And also passed away this week was uh, the, the author, Larry McMurtry, who wrote a lot of great Westerns, including Brokeback Mountain right. and Lonesome Dove, which right. were yep. huge hits. Yes. Uh, uh, one on TV and one on, on the big screen. You know, I, I don't want to sound I don't want to sound I, I don't want to use the word morbid because that's not the word I'm going to use. But, you know, it's amazing over time how as time goes by, we lose so many people that we grew up with and talent that we admired. Um, we don't like think about we I know, you know, most of the listeners, including ourselves, don't like to think about our own mortality. But um, when you look at when you when you when you really start to reflect on a lot of this stuff in your childhood memories, because at the end of the day, you know, and I don't want to sound overly profound, but, you know, oh, yeah, the best things in life are your memories. Right. Yep. And, you, and a lot of it is in your childhood. I mean, we are defined by our childhood. Uh, I, I got to be honest with you, Chuck. I don't and, know what I'm going to do the day Gene Hackman passes away. I might send an EMT out to your area. I don't know how that's going to work out. Because yeah, it, won't, it won't be good. That's not but my, be but, good. But my point, my point, my point is that we're living in a time, and we talk about this all the time with streaming and technology and the internet, and we both talk about, for people who are listening, me and Mike always discuss you know, how social media is fascinating, but also tremendously destructive. And one could argue that social media is really eroded and, 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 and punished and pummeled the fabric of our morality and our, in our, in our culture. Um, you know, you could argue too much communication is not a good thing in a society. Uh, we need to be informed. Yes, of course. And we have, a, have to have a say in our outcome, of course. But uh the world's pretty toxic and, and, and it's yeah. changed. And, 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 you know, thinking about sitting in a movie theater so many years ago, watching a movie like, you know, earthquake 
you know, being excited about a, a process called sensor rounds, I don't know, it was pretty damn exciting back in the day. It is true, but I think that's one no. thing. I, I would argue that's hopefully one of the things people love about this podcast is that it, it, it takes you back to that time where you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, let's let's go uh, before we All get right. to Quint, Quentin Tarantino now, Chuck. Let's mm-hmm. do fast five, and we need fast. Don't no kidding around now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm ready. Give me fast five, not semi kind of slow five. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. First up. Jessica Chastain is going to be uh, 44 years old this weekend. I love Jessica Chastain. She's one of my favorite redheaded actresses around. Zero Dog 30. You mean yeah, she's uh, really, Osama Bin Laden? Yes, yes. Well, she's investigating torture of, of, of uh, yes, you know, foreign yes. prisoners. She's, uh, she's part really of the, good. Uh, she's really good in that movie. That's a great movie. And uh, I would also argue Molly's Game, which came out. Yeah, a listen, years she's ago. really good. Like she's like really good, classy, classy Cla- lady, class, good actress, really good screen presence. I'll and give you, you more. Follow her to A to Z, really good. All right, I'll give you more class here. You ready? Go ahead. I know you like class. You ready? Yeah. Uh, thirty-six years old, Kira Knightley. I I, t- I got to tell you, when I watch Love Actually in a movie theater, when she pops on screen with that smile, I remember saying to myself. This young girl might have the most beautiful face I've ever seen on a movie screen. I agree. I love her a lot. Um, and I thought she was very good in the Pirates of Caribbean. Yeah, movie. she's fun. She's good in that as well. I actually like the King Arthur movie. She plays Guinevere in that. Yeah, I thought that was a decent movie that kind of got lost. But what do you think of Domino when she was the uh, the bounty hunter? I thought that was a, that was a, a interesting Tony Scott movie. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a pretty good movie. She's Isn't definitely it? a really interesting, unique Great screen. I think she's yeah. a good screen presence. All right, here we go. Here's a good one. James Kahn. Who's going to I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the gambler. Uh, okay. 81, I'm gonna, he's going to be 81. Wow. Okay. I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the gambler back in, uh, gambler. In, uh, I just rewatched that, that actually. Yeah. I, I think that's a landmark. That's a movie they don't make anymore. I know no. they remade it, but it, everything they remakes on steroids. Right. So that is a, I have that on DVD. It's on DVD. It's not on Blu-ray. And um, it's a very effective story about a very serious issue and very well done. His performance is, is outstanding. And that the end, when he gets, it's a metaphor, the ending. I won't give it away. Weird ending. Something, it's a weird something ending. Happened, but it makes total sense. Yep. He's fantastic in that movie. Obviously, you, we could say Godfather. Um but I, the gambler. If you haven't seen the gambler, watch, watch, watch the gambler. And, and I, was, you know, speaking of earthquake, what's interesting is there, I was reading a lot of behind the scenes stuff on different movies, and he was uh, sought after. They they thought about him seriously as the lead of Stuart Graff instead of Heston in Earthquake. That would have been a very different film if we look back at it now. Uh, if he was cast, very absolutely different. much more great. He would have spun it. He would have spun it differently. I just rewatched Thief, and the ending really threw me for a loop. I like the show Vegas on NBC too. That's though. good. Yeah, he did a it good, was a job, good but comeback, and he did very well financially off that show. It's it sort of—I hate saying it—sort it of sucks that he's eighty-one. Yeah, you know, because you start to get an age at a certain age. It's like you know, you're not sixty anymore. I, eighty-one I is eighty-one. I, I have heard from actors, and in fact, uh, I've actually interviewed actors yeah. that said he's difficult to work with. Yeah, and, I can imagine that. Um, but uh, rewatching um, G- the Gambler and that yeah. ending, 
is totally out of right field. Uh, it was like just nuts how they ended that movie. And I really yeah. liked it a lot. But also right off of that movie, Thief is a very good oh, movie. Oh, no, Thief's a great movie, too. With Michael Mann. What about uh, that scene in The Gambler when he's sitting in the bathtub listening? Oh. In, in those days, you know, you listen to the score on the radio. And then, oh, and then and he loses the last... And, and, and then his predicaments he gets himself in is a, is a he plays a professor at it like I think at NYU right and he's a, a massively addictive gambler yep. you know stakes and goes into game fixing and and he's part it, of the actually he actually fixes one of the basketball players to not it's uh, painful to watch it's hard to watch his shoes because but for the people that doing some really dark stuff. It's interesting because for the, the people that didn't like Uncut Gems that just came out with yeah. uh, Adam Sandler, same topic, yeah. same type of character, same type of outcome at the end of the movie, too. It's really fascinating to watch. And I really well, gambling. Like the- gambling is a really interesting story line uh, because it's one of the major addictions in, in, our, in our culture. Well, plus, Chuck, he's done a lot of interesting work, too, James Kahn. And uh-huh. we we're both fans of Misery. With both fans of Honeymoon in Vegas, do you realize? Do you realize you could turn on gambling real quick? Do you realize now you could play live poker on your phone? I know, I know. Is that scary? I'm serious. It's that's scary. Chuck also yeah. with J- James Kahn, um, he's uh-huh. gone through a lot of different stages in his career too. We probably could have done a whole show on James Kahn, which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, let's let's move on to another Fast Five. Uh-huh. Alan Arkin, who would have been. Uh, 80 he would have been he is 87 this weekend al alan arkin uh a great character. freebie in the bean i love him is in edward scissorhands well it's funny freebie in the bean him and james Conn as cops yeah. yeah uh how about uh the in-laws for crying out loud the in-laws great Pia stuff uh argo great call i mean uh, and really what about good. the rocketeer rocketeer and it's amazing one at one I, I popped like five or six movies out of my head with him yeah yeah you, you like he, alan arkin listen, he he, I do. He, he's a, he's a fantastic talent who's ge- very generational and worked for a very, very long time. All right, before we get to Quentin Tarantino and, and go to the back end of our show here, our final uh-huh. five of the, of the uh, Fast Five. Uh, it's hard to go fast, but um, believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this, uh, Steve McQueen would have been 91 this year. Yeah, weekend, I saw Chuck. that. I know. Steve McQueen. Well, I, I, I talked about this on, my, on another spot I do. Uh, Great Escape and Italian Inferno really pop in my head. I, I think the Great Escape because, one, uh, he is the king of cool, uh, cooler king in, in that movie. And mm-hmm. uh, he fits in beautifully with that ensemble. His persona works beautifully in that movie. It's one of the great scripts, direction, score, one of the best movies of all time. It would be in my top 25 best movies ever made, The Great Escape. A perfect film. Perfect yeah. film. And, okay. And, and, and to me, his re, his chief O'Halloran in 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 the Towering Inferno will live in infamy. Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah, I agree. Um, only mainly because of there's really one scene, and it's a two minute scene at the end of the film when they tell him he's got to go up and yeah. save everybody's life, and he's just there's a reaction to that. You talk awesome. about cool. Nobody's cooler than, than and the thing is, and we both love Paul Newman. Paul Newman is awesome. Paul Newman's great. Anybody but, but that can outshine Paul thing. Newman. When, when 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 Steve McQueen enters that film at like the forty-five minute mark or so, right? Because he's not in the yep. movie for the first forty-five minutes. Comes in as the fire chief. He swallows that movie up. There's something Absolutely about devours him. It. Devours he devours it. And, and, I, and I'll tell you, if people who are listening who like the Town Inferno, 
uh, back in the day, uh, Ernest Borgnine originally was going to get that role as the fire chief. Please no. Uh, and, and then Paul Newman. And then what happened is then they were going to make Paul Newman the fire chief and Steve McQueen the architect. And, and then Steve McQueen pitched the idea, let me play the fire chief. So they flipped him. And then contractually, they had to have the same amount of lines and equal billing. Well, they also beefed up his part, right? It was part. Yes. Of his, like, well, I he had understand. to have the same amount of dialogue. Right. Right. And, and he does have more heroic scenes than, and than Paul Newman does. But they and... work very well. It's it's, oh, it's, it's one great. of the it's one of the great star pairings of all time. And my question to you before we move on: Why in the world are, are movies like The Town Inferno? Let's be honest, pretty much forgotten in today's. They're forgotten. You don't see them on TV. You don't. Well, even worse than that, Chuck, I would argue that people look at that movie and and, and almost uh, make fun of it, too. It's like, but here's you know, the thing. It was the highest grossing movie released yeah. in 1974. It was a massive blockbuster. People waited on lines. Pe- the buzz that movie got, people went back to see it multiple times. And now, like, you ask somebody who's in their 20s, every year Italian Inferno, what's that? Yeah. No idea. Yeah. And then I, I, I just recently watched an old movie. They heard interview. it yours, though. Yeah, they did. It is interesting. Jaws. Yeah, um, it's weird because I just watched an old interview with Richard Chamberlain from 1974 as well, talking about being the heavy in that role. And even yeah. he knew the importance of being in that role at that moment, at that time, knowing that, look, this is going to be the biggest movie of the of the world. And I'm in it. I need this for part of my career. Well, well he, he thought so. And he was right uh, on, you know, he, he he I wonder if he said the same thing when he was in the swarm. Well, well. <laughs> It's true. He got right. that one you know, wrong. And, and uh, somebody posted on Facebook that I know who interviewed uh, Robert Vaughn. Right. And right. Robert Vaughn, Robert Vaughn said they asked him, a, he asked him a question. What was your favorite film to work on? And he said, oh, Tony Brenham. Really? Yeah. Surprising. Well, but yeah. He didn't say Superman three, but no, uh, he, he said Italian for He missed. Uh, all right, Chuck. Before we go off the, the Steve McQueen subject, I gotta ask you this because yeah, I remember seeing this movie in the theaters. Yeah, I wanted to ask your thoughts on this. You know, Steve McQueen's last movie, The Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Your thoughts on this? Um, I, I didn't see. I, I actually like this see, movie. I, I think there's the moments theater. of it that's really good. I didn't see it in the theater. I watched it on cable back in the day many times, and I found it enjoyable. I saw I like it, it in the theaters. I, yeah. I actually did get a chance. I, I remember seeing in the theaters. Yeah. Um, I remember Eli Wallach as his boss. Yeah. And, and I remember thinking to myself, nobody knew he was sick at the time. This would be his last movie. Right. Um, but I really, this movie gets lambasted by. Yeah, critics. it does. Yeah. But it does. I don't know why it's, it, it's a, it's a star vehicle that if it was, that's all it is. And nobody would care. You know, it, it's sort of like, you know, and we're, I know we're both fans. Remember the Burt Reynolds movie Malone? Yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy the heck out of that movie. I understand it's not much. It's a B script with an A actor who's sort of like lost his luster. But like Reynolds scenes with Cynthia Gibb and then uh, and then uh, the actor who played uh, uh, Herschel on The Walking Dead is the her father. That movie's a really sweet, nice little revenge B action. I, I you, not everything has to be. High well, work no. of art to be enjoyable, right? Although I don't want to spend too much time on Malone. I do want to. Be but I did like it. Malone. Did you like Malone? I, mm-hmm. No, right, I like let's Malone. Move on. Let's move I on. defend Malone. Okay. All right. All right, Chuck. Uh, let's go to Quentin Tarantino now. It is his birthday this weekend. Um, it is a, the crux of our, what we want to talk about. 
He is uh, 58 years old this weekend. Now, Chuck, to say to say he's an opinionated, interesting person would be an understatement. Understatement. I, I, I like some of the things he says. I don't I don't like some of the things he says. That's let's, what makes him interesting. Let's take what he says out of the picture. And what yeah, he okay. does are two different things, because we okay. both are fans of his product mm-hmm. on film. But I will say this, Chuck, as much as we are fans of his product. And before we go into it, yeah. look, before we go into all he's done, mm-hmm. if you say Quentin Tarantino. Would you agree with me in saying a tad bit overrated. Um, it depends on who you talk to. To me, most people think what he's done is sacred and, and everything. You can't- well, I think I think he's a great uh, he's a great grandizer. He's a great marketer. He's a narcissist of, of, of crazy of, proportions. He's a full blown narcissist. And he believes that he walks on water when he makes a film and he believes that each film he makes has a, has an importance in the historical contents in terms well, of the history of film. Right. So much. So, 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 much so, so when you pit, when you pitch that enough, you get enough buyers, right? True. And, and, so, and, and so much so Chuck that you were talking yeah. about there is that um, when he releases a movie, yeah, he not only does he put his name above the title, yeah. but he puts the number film that he's done directed. Yeah. Well, because he has in his head, well. he's only going to do uh, uh, only a couple more, maybe. So he, he, he has an infinite, his, his, his career is not infinite. No, uh, well, he knows the end of it. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about his films and, and yeah. go through them here and, and talk about his impact on, on, on what he's done in film. Um, Reservoir Dogs obviously was the big one that came out in 1992. He wrote mm-hmm. and directed it. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's very good. Don't get me it's wrong. Good. It's very good, but it's also nasty. It's very nasty, very dark. Great. Yeah. Di- the great thing about uh, of Tarantino is his dialogue is so yeah. real to life. And oh yeah, yeah. And different than what a lot of people were doing. A lot of yes. cultural references. Well, that's what put him on the map. It put him on the map. Um, Reservoir Dogs, great. Not you know, awesome, unbelievable. I got to see it, unbelievable. But it is a really great movie. Has a very big following. And right after that, he he helped write. Well, he wrote, and then True Romance got put on film by Tony Scott. And we're both fans of True Romance, but you could see a lot of it. It is a Tarantino movie. I get it. It's the most non-Tarantino movie that I like it a lot, though. It is. It's very good. Um, I think they cheated a little bit at the end with the Christian Slater character, but most of that movie I love. Yeah, me too. After True Romance. Many people consider it a classic and maybe his best movie, Pulp Fiction in 1994. Yeah, it is his best movie. You think it's his best movie? Well, listen, that's a great script. Great script. He wrote the story. He wrote the script. And, and, he directed and what, he, what, what's, what makes that movie so fascinating is he's able to juggle different characters that sort of that intertwine. And it's really interesting. And the dialogue is fantastic. Well, it also sets the tone too. It's not a Disney movie, though. No, it's not. And I remember we saw Pulp Fiction and Freddy's New Nightmare on the same day. They both came out. Wow. Both both great movies. Um, The one thing Quentin never does is tell a dialogue and tell a movie from start to finish without jumping around all over the place. Yeah, and what he I just want to go back. What he did in Pulp Fiction, what he's done numerous times, is he takes an actor he that he loved, right? Who's on the who, who. career-wise is is in creative trouble, John Travolta in this case, and you revise them. And let's be honest, it wasn't for Tarantino and Pulp Fiction. Travolta's bank account would be a few hundred million short. No? Absolutely. I mean, he scored 
he scored off that movie as much as any talent in the history of movies. And then he would go in 19- big, big money. He would actually star, he would star in From Dust Till Dawn, which we've talked about. We're both fans of that movie. I like that movie. He wrote that movie. As That's well. like two movies in one. It is. Um, right. It's like it's that, and I like that stuff when you do that, when you're able to take one, like one, one feel, one story and merge it with another. That's pretty cool stuff. To me, his most underrated work was in 1997, and I think might be one of his best movies is Jackie Brown. I like Jackie Brown a lot. I mean, you talk about uh, and then the the smart and the brilliant casting of Robert Forster in that. Yeah. And and again, that he he knows how to do that. Yeah, he's brilliant at casting and because he's not he's not catering. He's not catering to the studio suits. He's not. And then I say, hey, Quentin, you, you know, you can't cast Robert Forster. He, he just does. He said, yeah, I, yeah, I got control. I'm, I'm well, casting Rob because he's a damn good actor. Not only that, but Pam Greer as the lead, yeah. as the lead yeah. star. And right. uh, they both would get Academy Award nominations. Yeah. And and it's great. I love Jackie Brown. Very yeah, underrated movie. movie. Yeah. He would and go Michael from that. Has a part in that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, he would go from that to Kill Bill. One and two. Okay, now, now uh, I, I might digress. I'm not. He gets here's a little the off the rails here. Yes, here's the thing. I know people love these. I'm not a fan. I don't know. They don't work for me. I don't know. I don't think he knew what to do with these movies, Chuck, because he filmed all this footage and broke it down yeah, into two but parts. People love them. The, his core loves those movies. There's there's parts of one I, I love. There's parts of two I love. I don't know if I love it as a whole. Uh, as a whole, honestly, I don't work for me. I will tell you this. I do like yeah. Uma Thurman a lot. Oh, I like her. Yeah, and sure. I like her a lot in these films. Yeah. And I thought that uh, the the uh, the, the uh, David Carradine, he's a good villain. He I cer- did certainly like, is. I did like Daryl Hannah. I thought she was good, too, with the. Yeah, the he, he, he liked her and he, he had a, he was a fan of hers and brought, he, he brought her back. The, the whole time I'm watching both of these movies, I'm thinking in my head, Chuck, Quentin, figure it out. You've got these two movies. Make it one movie, two and a half hours, and yeah. figure it well, out. That's not how those minds work. I know, it. I know, yeah. but yeah. but there's a lot of that stuff that could have been just trimmed out. Maybe not necessarily. Now, what'd you think of the grindhouse death proof death proof stuff? I enjoyed that experience. I, I thought I thought okay, the the uh, the death proof with Kurt Russell. Uh, yeah, it was slower, and I like him in it. Stuntman Mike, right? Let me ask you this. If but Trump, the other part, if, I really dug. This, the Trump, Robert Rodriguez we, zombie part, I, I really dug that. I like if, that a lot. I would argue, and I might uh-huh. be wrong here, if Kurt yeah. Russell's not cast in that, we probably wouldn't care as much. No. You needed a guy like that because it's it's really slow. The pace of that is slow. But I like the the I like the grindhouse feel and the the, the you know the flush, flushed out look of the film and the choppy editing. That was fun. Yeah. I remember saying it was long, though. Of course, three. I mean, it was over three hours. I mean, it's yeah. a long set, and it and didn't. Again, do, it you did could not watch do well. The... It did not do well at all. No, because it, it doesn't play well in the theaters, and all these all these movies can be played out now better yeah. streaming wise. And, and 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 his next big hit, which I think is his best movie, and I might be wrong, and yeah. that's Inglorious Bastards in two thousand. Here's the thing about that movie: I like that movie a lot. Uh, the middle section has issues for me, though. But I, I do overall really like that movie. Brad Pitt's so, really damn good. Brad Pitt's really good to me. Yeah. Any movie that had the balls yeah. 
to do to Hitler. And I like that. It's great. Yeah, I think any movie that would do that is is my movie. And I, Christoph I Waltz was... is awesome in that movie. Oh, Winning Oscar. He's awesome. Oh, my God. The first 20 minutes of that movie it, is as good as you powerful. ever see. It sucks you in. It sucks you in like you've never been sucked in. And, yeah. and, and Tarantino's great at that. He'll make yeah. segments of movies yeah. that are just unbelievable that uh-huh. in of, a, of its own are just fantastic. And yeah. even in some of the other stuff we'll talk about, he does the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Boy, 20 minutes of the film is just as great as you'll ever see. Like the like the Christopher Walken scene in, in Pulp Fiction. Out of nowhere, yeah. you get 20 minutes of like, oh, my God, this this is fantastic. It's gold. And that's what he does. Great. And, I, and then it's the great stuff about. He also has a freedom to do yeah, it. He does. And I, he does the same thing again with Christoph Waltz and Django Unchained. I thought well, I, I like I enjoy that movie was so much better in that than he was in Glorious. But he's so good when Christoph Waltz dies in Django Unchained. Unchained. I thought the movie just like okay, this is this is good but not great. It was mm-hmm. great the first half hour. Yeah, I liked it. I, I enjoyed that movie. And then uh, he followed that up in 2015. Boy, it took him three years later to do the Hateful Eight, Chuck, it's which brought long. him back, uh, Kurt Russell back, yeah. back into that movie. It's a simple movie. It's yeah. good. Not great, but yeah, good. Yeah, it, it's a long sit, though. It is. It's, you know, you had Je- uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. I think you, I think to really dig that movie, you really have to be really, really, really into Quentin Tarantino, though. I would it, agree. It's, it's, it's mainstream accessibility is not there, though. It's not. And it showed at the box office, too. It really didn't do that much either. Yeah. Um, it's good, not great. But I would say great and great is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We both loved yeah, from like 2019. It tremendously. And, and what Brad put some really cool revisionist film. history there. Yep. It does the same thing. And a really interesting topic he picked in a, in, a, in a time period. It's really good. Yeah, he does to Hitler to the same thing to um, Charles Manson here. Yes. And it's very satisfying, very satisfying. And let's be honest, DiCaprio's good. I like DiCaprio. I don't love DiCaprio, but I got to tell you, Brad Pitt kills it in that movie. Brad Pitt steals. And he won the Oscar he deserved. He was awesome. Uh, Brad Pitt steals his movie. Um, he does. And and the, and the last 20 minutes are fantastic. You got Kurt Russell thrown and in. And what there. I like, see, the thing about Tarantino in a movie like that is there's a scene where uh, Pitt goes to that... Uh, um, like trailer park, right? And and he's and he, you you sort of get the idea. Okay, maybe he could get killed here. Yeah, and because it's a Tarantino, you don't know. Sure. Yeah, he might die. Uh, here. And I was on the edge of my seat watching that stuff. Well, Chuck, he's, and, and you know what's weird about Tarantino is his his lore is bigger than his movie uh, credibility. He doesn't have a lot of movies behind him. Um, he does have a couple of uh, he he has a couple of. Uh, uh, stuff in the works, including a Kill Bill Volume Three. I'm not yeah. sure if we necessarily need that. You think you'll love it? You think this Star Trek movie might materialize? I don't know. I don't know if that'll happen. You know, and I heard a lot of rumors too that and, and that he he helped write Crimson Tide. He was a lot of a lot of dialogue in that movie. Great He'd movie, back. Yeah, great script. Yep, he helped rewrite that script. Um, the guy knows how to write characters. And yeah, he yeah, he how- does. He knows how to write characters that are current day, you know, like it's what's happening now. It's what's going on. Um, But I'll go back to where I started all this in the beginning. Quentin Tarantino, his career, tad bit overrated. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Not overrated. I I, I mean, you could again, it depends what circle you're talking to. 
Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, it's interesting. Um, thoughts on natural born killers, which he was part of that story too, before we move on. Uh, very controversial, very controversial movie back in the day. It rubbed me the wrong way. You did like that. Uh, uh, the, the, the performance by Rodney Dangerfield. Of course. Who doesn't love me some Rodney? It's a, it's a very, it is, uh, you could argue it's in bad taste, that film. You know what I'd like to see, though, from, uh, you know, he loves film, and that's apparent, Quentin Tarantino, in all his movies. I'd love to see him tackle a disaster movie, Chuck, because you know part of him loves disaster movies, and he's only 58. Yeah. What, what would you, I mean, wouldn't you like to see, you know, Quentin Tarantino would probably do a disaster movie the right I, way. I think if, you, if there was one that I say, okay, it would be a, a, an earthquake, right? Because there's a lot – when you – again, getting back, people probably think, oh, we're crazy talking about earthquakes. This has been a presentation of There's a lot of dark sensibilities around Earthquake. Of all those disaster movies, because Mario Puzo wrote the original draft, and it, right. it, 99% was exercised, except some of the tone in Earthquake. It's pretty dark. Well, just think about what happens to the main character in that movie, and that's all you need to know. It's all you in need the Jody know. character – you know, that would not be in a mainstream, most mainstream. And, and even Heston, Heston's dialogue about being a satyr, some yeah. weird, that's some, that's some weird stuff for like a movie that was geared to fan. Like huh? Yeah, I'd like to see yeah. Tarantino tackle. Yeah, it'd be fun. That kind of subject matter. All right, Chuck, let's uh, wrap things up. We'll do the, all, this all over again next weekend. It's always a pleasure. It was fun. And to the audience, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.